All right, welcome. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I didn't. I thought no you were going to give me a one, two, Everyone three. leave. <laughs> I need to be alone. I just have to plug my headset in. Well, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I heard the beeping telling me the battery was going to run out. That's five yards. The old false start. All right. All right. Did you get it plugged in? Juiced? Sweet. All right, welcome to the Pitch Stack Podcast, episode five. Today is April 16th, 2022. Uh, you're probably hearing this a day or two later, but my God, we've got a ton of news today. I'm joined as always by my co-host and good friend, Matt Rodriguez. Matt, how are you today? I'm doing fine. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing all right. I feel like there's so much information to uh, to disseminate. How's that for a... Uh, nine dollar word uh, yeah. amongst the masses with There's fab 2.0 yeah a lot of information a lot of news since the last episode but as we record this we are actually in the middle of the calling krakow which is probably not how you pronounce it but it sounds good like that to me is krakow oh yeah uh, that is true and i so i it started the cover i mean we live Eastern Standard Time, obviously. And I, uh, I started the coverage this morning when it started at six o'clock in the morning and uh, prompted to fall back to sleep because I was like, you know, it's Saturday. Uh, there's no reason to get up at 6 a.m. if you don't have to. And I was like, as soon as I wake up, this coverage will still be back on. So I woke up at like 945 and it was the last match of the day. I was like, oh, yeah, it's Blitz. Yeah, but you didn't get to watch it live at six in the morning. The whole side, well, I yeah, you know. I got to see the last match live. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> At 9.45. And I'll tell you what, I actually like, I went and I rewound back through all the matches to look at everything. And it's just all Viscerai. Like yeah, Viscerai, uh, Viscerai <laughs> Oldham, Viscerai. And then, and then some people's champion. There was this one guy who like, he had, he was playing Icelander. He only had one loss going into the final round, which I believe he won. And he um, had a Patrick Star playmat, but it had like the fab overlay with like combat chain. That's deck, awesome. Hero That's but on, <laughs> on top of the Patrick Star playmat. And like he brought it, he set it down, he put his deck out and then they made them switch to the coverage mat. And I was so sad because even the announcers are going on about what a beautiful mat oh it was. Oh my God. So That's I hope. Disappointing. Right. I got to figure out who the player was because I sure hope that they top eight. Um, because you like, how do you not with that mat? It's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely, um, man. And also on the Viscerai topic, like I saw the graph for like how many what the spread was for the day, and Jesus, man, that was twice as many Viscerai as every other hero. Well, or is the okay. second most played hero. So I was thinking about it, right? With Viscerai, what else is Poland famous for? And I'll answer this question because there's like a that does everyone's pierogies? I don't know. <laughs> but the answer is the Witcher. Oh. And if Geralt were a flesh and blood hero, yeah. <laughs> he'd be a rune blade. Without Absolutely. a doubt. Absolutely. Oh so That's I think just it's blew just, my mind. <laughs> I think it's just the popular fantasy meta over there. And is rune he blade. uses rune magic too. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah that's wow. why. That is wild, actually. Now I want a Ger now I want a Geralt of Riviera uh, altar for Viserai. Yeah, never right. Been more like never wanted something any more than that. That's pretty sweet. 
Just get the Henry Cavill. Oh, man. <laughs> With the abs. Right on. So, yeah, so I figured since the, I didn't want this just to turn into all Fab 2.0, although I'm really happy it will because there's so much to talk about. So I wanted to touch on Poland. What's going on there? What people are reading there? Um, so I think Fab 2.0 is what we have teed up here. And I think uh, I'm ready to get into that after the intro. How about you? 100%. Let's do it. All right. Intro, 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 intro. You're listening to the Pitch Stack Podcast. All right, and we're back from the intro. You know, usually I like to pepper these in as we're doing the announcements, but I feel like everybody knows the general gist of Fab 2.0. So before we do a deep dive on everything, uh, what do you say we, we knock out our mail? We open up some letters and hit some viewer questions. Yeah, let's do that. All right, right on. Um, so the first one comes from Jaden, uh, who's a, a local friend of ours. Jaden, I haven't seen you at an armory lately. Uh, and it would be good to see you if you want to show up soon. Um, Yugi. called out, but yeah, show somebody up. needs, let's to, go. Somebody needs to end this tirade of prism that I'm on where I'm playing very well lately. But anyway, Jaden asks, and I hope it's you Jaden, because it has been in the past. Um, so Jaden asks, thoughts on white border, good or bad for fab collectors or players? So if you've been living under a rock, fab is releasing a new set, a new old set, history pack one of white border cards. And um, they are reprints of the most important cards, although not every card. I'm curious to see which ones aren't getting reprinted from Welcome to Wraith, Arcane Rising, and Crucible of War. I was under the impression it was the entire sets, all of them. Am I, I mistaken? Believe, I believe if you add it up, it's like 40, 50 cards short. Is that including tokens? Are we cutting tokens out of that as well? I don't know. Because I feel like they are adding the heroes and maybe with the weapons as well, because there was an image of uh, White Border Dorinthia. So... Yeah, I don't know. I was under the impression we were going to get an entire set, just everything combined. But I guess it could be curated to some degree. But that would also be weird because I, I imagine a newer player who's getting into the game, opening up a box of opening up a box of history pack one uh, and they want to construct the deck. It'd be really weird to have like a kind of mishmash of black border and white border, though. That may just be like the new norm when it comes to newer players. And it might be just really ugly to look at. But um, yeah. <laughs> but it wouldn't be that bad if it was everything whiteboarded, right? So I don't, I don't know. I thought that they would have every single common and rare available in white border. Of course, I imagine they're not going to include any of the banned cards like Plunder Run and Drone of Brutality in the reprint. So that wouldn't make yeah. any sense, you know. Uh, considering yeah, I figure like with all the bands. Well, well, Plunder Run might be included. It's still legal in Blitz, right? So yeah, that it is. But yeah, I do believe that uh, if you add it up, I mean, obviously, we don't know if they're including tokens or not, which would 
bring that together. But I do believe um, that a handful of commons and rares are being left out of history pack one. Um, and then obviously, I believe, I believe legendary or not legendaries. I believe the uh, fabled's are not getting returning. Correct. They are not, and neither is Skullcap. Because we just got Skullcap, and we may get another unlimited printing of Everfest, which will also include Skullcap. So they are not including Skullcap. It's nine legendaries, the four for each class and each set, and then the tunic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Huh. Nine legendaries, 62 majestics, 118 rares, 238 commons. Um, so yeah. Mm. I, wa- I wonder if like just the band cards together with the missing fabled's legendary. I wonder if all that together ends up adding up to uh to that number. So I, I think I think uh I think it'll include all the majestics. I feel like the only thing that are that's banned really that they would need to exclude is drone of brutality. I don't think anything else is banned within crew and earlier. A plunder run banned and uh, constructed, but it's totally legal in Blitz, so there would be yeah. no reason to take that out, right? Yeah, I guess that would be six cards and then tokens or I don't know. I mean, look, yeah, I, okay. we may need to look a little bit into this just to get the numbers uh, straightened well, so out. But. Funny you mentioned that. I actually just brought up the numbers for each set. You know, that way we're not leaving. Yeah. <laughs> on a cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah, that'd be t- that would be weird. I wouldn't like that. <laughs> okay, so we have 238 commons in history pack one. So... If we add up the amount of commons in Crucible, Arcane, and Wraith, uh, we have 132 plus 126. Let's do live math. That's 150 or 258. And then we add the 103 commons from Crucible of War. So that leaves us at 361 commons. So we are leaving out. Ooh, that's fascinating. 123 commons are being left out. Now... I do wonder because this that includes pitch value as well as well. Indeed. I wonder since the set's not draftable, are we not including any yellows? Well, oh, that would be interesting. So that's 41 cards, right? If we're including pitch values. Hmm. I mean, why wouldn't they include the yellows? Because sometimes they're playable. But for the most part, you're not really playing the yellows. Like there are there are fringe cases where you would want the yellows for certain cards. Right, yeah, like brute of course. Yes, and then and then <laughs> brute of course needs his yellows. Uh, Prism needs her yellows, but most of her cards come from Monarch, anyways. I don't know. I just just a theory, right? Like, what if they're just excluding like colorations from certain commons here and there, kind of like nitpicking and choosing, you know? That would be interesting. I. Th- Ooh, yeah, I'm really excited to see now what's being left out. Because- <laughs> If we look at the rares, right? Uh, so between WTR, Arcane Rising, and Crucible of War, uh, we have 96 plus 56, which is 162. Is that right? That's oh, not so right. That's, it's not, okay, uh, it's 152 rares. That's not even all the rares. Wow. Yeah, so we're leaving out 34 rares. This is crazy. Dang. Ooh. Also yeah. an awkward number to be leaving out. Although I do believe that uh, that has to do with mechanologist items are usually only one rarity is probably what that is. And then. Yeah. Um, all right. So here. So let me throw you for a huge loop, though. Right. OK. Yeah. This is going to blow your mind because when I saw this, it didn't make any sense to me in any way whatsoever. 
There are 56 Majestics in those three sets combined. We're getting 62 in history pack one. What? Six Majestics wait, out wait, of I, nowhere? Wait, wait, wait. Is this including the equipment? Equipment Majestics from Crucible? I do believe so. This is, yeah, <laughs> this is the, this includes Majestic equipment. Oh, I have a theory. I don't okay. Know. It could be right, could be wrong. But the Majestics that are in the classic battles that they're adding to the decks will also be available in History Pack 1. Oh, that would be interesting. I don't know, but that's just the theory. A game theory. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, um, where are the six extra yeah. Majestics coming from? That is really weird. That is very weird. I'm going to see if... So my numbers for these sets are coming from Wikipedia. And I'm I wonder... At the actual product uh, sheet. And you are... All the numbers are correct that you've said so far. Okay, so there are six Majestics. I don't know. We've already accounted for the Lost Legendary. But six Majestic. Okay, here's a weird question. I didn't... I didn't think they'd do this. But do you think... Certain rares have been shifted. That doesn't seem. Oh, you know what? I know the answer. I just realized super the rares? answer. Super rares. They oh, got upshifted. They definitely yeah. got upshifted. Super rares I, I, got upshifted. That the, makes become the Arknight is one of the images in the Fab 2.0 article, and it is a majestic. So, so I wonder if they split super rares. You know what I mean? Yes. I, it seems like that might be the case, but. I still, I still think that they're leaving out a bunch of rares for sure, but I think they definitely did split them the uh, super rares up depending on their quality. Yeah, because then we get we run into eighty six is the combined number of super rares and majestics. So I wonder, ooh, did some super rares become rares? Are they all upshifted to majestic? What majestics? Are never to be seen again. Yeah, that's also true. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I don't know, man. We really don't know. Ooh. And ju just based on these numbers, it's actually impossible for all the Majestics to be reprinted. So, oh, man. There's going to be some price spikes. Well, we'll have to see once the spoilers start coming out. I, I mean, do you think they'll do spoilers? What if they didn't do spoilers? What I mean, it comes out in like, product? what, two and a half weeks? Yeah. Like, what if they, <laughs> they just released the product, it. right? That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Ooh. That's, this is weird stuff, guys. Uh, but I, I want to answer the question. I think white borders are going to be good for the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> to, well, to Let's circle back. Simply. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think white borders are going to be good for the game, too. I... I think they're cool. It's, I don't know. Like, I mean, obviously we're going to keep bringing this up and we bring it up every single time we talk. We're both magic players and white border magic cards are cool. They vibe. There's a vibe about them. For sure. Now, and, oh, I'm sorry. I, uh, for sure. Like, um, back into the next question, Brian S asks us running white border for the tilt factor. Do it for the big brain or does it make you look poor? So here's something that's interesting, right? And I was thinking about this. And if you're a magic player or especially a competitive magic player, you can relate to this. So in magic, at the competitive level, there is a massive amount of cards. 
that are look at your opponent's hand and then they either discard a card of your choice or they shuffle it into their deck or put it at the top of their deck or exile a card from your opponent's hand. And in Magic, you want to do this thing where your play set of four cards, you want the printings to match so your opponent can't tell what you've drawn. Now with Flesh and Blood, uh, that type of effect almost never comes up. And it's actually advantageous to you to have three separate printings of a card so you can tell when you've gotten through your deck and you're starting to get to the pitches again. Oh, wow. Um, because, I mean, it's illegal, like, turn your pitched cards upside down, but there is no rule against, like, having an unlimited, a first edition, and a white border. Um, yeah. And you can immediately start to see where you have literally hand-selected stacking your deck um, and signifying it just by memorizing the first card you pitched. And um, I definitely think that it's a good idea <laughs> just to pick up some white borders. Like there's a, there's an actual strategic advantage. Like currently you can do like foil first edition unlimited, but with the, uh, you know, I mean, if you don't want foil cards, like, I mean, they can curl in different climates and be considered marked cards, which can be an issue. Like now you can do this without having to get a foil card or, or pay premium for having a or foil. pay premium. Yeah. You can yeah. do this all with unlimited printing now. Yeah. So it might be a little tough with command and conquer because first edition of that is a little up there, but. You know. So I think it's big brain, Brian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely big brain. <laughs> absolutely. And if not, only just to tilt your opponents as well. Because they're going to look at the white borders and they're going to tilt. New player. <laughs> New player. <laughs> what a schmuck. Little do they know. They listen to the Pitch Tag podcast and they've figured out small ways to rig the game that aren't illegal yet. <laughs> well, we'll see if they address that. I don't think they will, though. No. like you still need to have some sort of like plan going into the game to be able to pull that off anyway. So absolutely. All right, right on. So our last question, and this also dives into fab 2.0, uh, is they have announced PVE, which is player versus environment, which is not, <laughs> which is not, it's not a reality. Sorry. It's such a dad joke is not a new hit reality TV show on the, on the weather channel um <laughs> PVE, that's probably like a great show though i would watch that <laughs> player versus environment. environment we took gamers and put them on an island with nothing um <laughs> yeah i'd watch it too uh so <laughs> the uh i think pve is obviously players against a um ai or yeah, i guess you'd still call it ai if it was just like card or draw controlled yeah objective I mean or like, uh, you know, automated, you know, whatever. Automated, automated is a great word. Yeah. It's pretty much uh, just like a, a deck that functions itself. Like it gives you instructions on how to play it, but uh, you just do it and it operates itself. That would be a very good way to describe it, I guess. But uh, never, not, definitely not AI, though, because that's like artificial intelligence. I don't know. Now, either way, it's kind of like an AI. Yeah. And then obviously, like, so most PVE card games... Like Final Fantasy does this a lot. Magic the Gathering has dabbled in it where there do exist Magic PvE formats, but they're uncommon and they're usually for special events. Um, so we're not entirely sure what Flesh and Blood PvE is going to look like. However, 
apparently James White told Rudy, who is a guy, it's weird, we don't know his last name, told Rudy. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> um, true. Weird. Now that I mentioned that, I... Uh, you know, because you want the names that you can't be like James White told Rudy. You know what I mean? Like they got to have two yeah, names. Rudy's it's just the, just symmetri- the symmetry of yeah. the, <laughs> the flow of the convo. It's a Rudy the magic guy. Um, he apparently gave him some details about PVE. And it seems like this cool hybrid between like a pen and paper D&D uh, style game and flesh and blood. And it sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Like the idea of just being able to pick up a game with a bunch of friends set on a quest or some kind of adventure. We'll see what it's going to be like and then be able to pick, put it down and then pick up your game next week. You know, like I used my XP to add these two cards to my deck. I looted this piece of equipment from this chest and then you just save your character deck list or sheet or whatever, like D&D. Or oh, maybe recharge so cool. spell slots. Yeah, dude. Or picking oh, up like so new cool. armors and upgrading them. Or like uh putting or the like, party has to rest and their discard pile gets shuffled back in. Oh yeah. Oh gosh, That's it's so, so cool. Oh, <laughs> I hope you're listening to James White and I hope you credit us on the ideas. Um <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> if it's not already full sweet. formed already, you know, they could be playtesting it. Oh, I can't wait. I hope they drop it on <laughs> sooner rather it's than later. It comes soon. Sometime this year in the middle of like the summer or towards the end of it, I believe. So, okay. So with that said, whether it is encounter based or boss based, I think Max asked, what do we think the bosses will look like? And I think this takes into account that regardless of the dungeon format, it'll still exist like a um, beat cursed Garrick beat the Hydra. Um, I forget what the final fantasy boss set is. But I think this could end up being Fab's version of Commander. And Max asks us, I know, big statement to not follow up with. Uh, <laughs> I think um, what so Max is asking, what do we think the bosses will look like? So I don't know. What do you think, Max? Because I actually haven't given this a lot of thought. I've just been like loot and treasure chests. No well, way. I have discussed it a little bit. Uh, not sure. Remember, not sure if I remember who with, but uh yeah i mean i have a few ideas for like types of beasts and stuff that include they could include that already exists in the lore of fab uh like a bronhide is apparently like this sort of cat beast or like uh it's got ears and claws and stuff but uh it's on the picture two pictures of cards barraging bronhide and barraging beatdown and uh there's also the bighorn of course, both very brutish cards, the Barraging Bronhide and Barraging Bighorn. Uh, that's like a rhino type of uh, beast. Then, of course, you have the demonastery uh, creatures, the demons and monstrosities, and they could have their own names and abilities like Skullform, which I feel like could be a beast or monster from the demonastery or an ability. I don't know, but uh, that would be pretty terrifying to have to face. You know? Yeah. Uh, I think like they'd have special HP values and stuff. That would be pretty interesting. Pretty sweet too. I, uh, so I was thinking about this, right. And, um, when they originally did the crucible of war spoilers, they had like every single card had like a little like tidbit on it. And I'm thinking in the lines of like when magic made like the super popular planeswalker planeswalkers are like heroes of magic, the gathering, they're like wizards, but they're not like wizards. 
Uh, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> so like, so they took a super popular character named Garuk and they made him like a bad guy and they had a whole PVE thing. So I was thinking about this when fab spoiled beast within for crucible of war, it came with this tagline brutes walk a fine line when harnessing the power of the blood rage tip too far and become consumed by your basest instincts, slaughtering everything in sight until something else finally manages to cut you down. Wow. So like, what if it's just like bloodlust Reinar, you know, is the bad guy for PVE or whatever. Like they just take one of their heroes and it's Isn't like, that man just like constantly blood rushed. Like there's blood rush mellow. <laughs> He's in full Donkey Kong Massacre, mode. Like, calm down. <laughs> he's always very angry, it seems. Yeah. The calmest so I've know. ever seen a brute was like the, uh, what is it? The one that prevents the damage. You roll a die. Bonehead barrier. Oh, yeah. He seems pretty calm. That brute. <laughs> Super rare. Bonehead barrier. Um, Maybe that one doesn't get reprint. <laughs> yeah, that's not that great. <laughs> um that would be pretty uh i don't know there's like so that's the thing about flesh and blood lore right is they only printed what seems like two of those books um <laughs> that outlined all the lore and people want like a grand for it um yeah i mean it's a piece of history but yeah i feel like they should expand the lore more because there's just so many tidbits where it's just like they just casually mention something and they never go down that rabbit hole it's a lot like star wars Right. Where like where with Star Wars, like you're watching it and they'll be like, oh, yeah, that's a lot like when you were killing those creatures on random planet. And they'll be like, OK. And then it just never gets addressed. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely reminiscent of how Fablor kind of goes and kind yeah. of just see random bits of the story throughout the cards. Like, I, so I don't know. It's really interesting. I do. I do want to bring up that if you look at all the mechanologist cards, there's definitely like a uh like I, what's the guy's name is it is it dick dastardly from like the old Hanna barbera cartoons and he had that dog muttley i don't know but like there's definitely <laughs> like an evil mustachioed top hatted goggled mechanologist that seems to be very evil and uh i would really like to like have to battle his I don't know, like I just 1920s stuff's funny to me. It's like his army of automatons. Like, what I don't know. I have to Gundam. Yeah. What if he, <laughs> but he's like, I have built <laughs> as a mechanologist. I have spent years studying mechs. Sorry, it's a late day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it's certainly Gundam. possible. Yeah. Right. Just go full Char Aznable. And just go for it. Uh, so I don't know. There's like I think I'd be really cool with that. And there's just we need more we need more villains in Fab because it just there there really aren't any. There's like Shane, and even then he hasn't really made us hate him yet. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> last year uh, would fail us who uh, last year would like a word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty true. villainous. Um, this ride's kind of villainous right now. But you know yeah. what? Actually, it seems that the the Rune Blade. Uh, I'm not going to go off on too far of a tangent. Um, but I did read, read a little bit of lore, especially the one prior to Everfresh releasing. 
it does seem that Runeblade doesn't necessarily mean that you're associated with the monastery or that you're evil. Because Briar is a Runeblade, but it doesn't really seem that she's kind of like aligned with the monastery. Uh, she kind I mean, of formed like a, a party with Le- Lexi and Olten. Yeah, no, I agree. And I so, think... Yeah, it'd be interesting to follow their story even more. I think like they kind of are using Runeblade as like they don't want there to be too many different classes because I feel like they very easily could have made like Shane could have very easily been like a death knight and they very easily could have made Briar a druid. You know what I mean? I guess. I mean, but the at least Shane and Visrai were very well connected in that lore. Yeah, they, they you know what I mean? They're the both Runeblades, I guess. Um uh, you know what? I really need to read the chain lore because I'm not super well versed on it that much. Uh, no, yeah, because it, it all goes back. Well, so chain, I guess, like. I don't know, I think he like actually works at the monastery where Lord Sutcliffe is kind of like imprisoned there and he like yeah, has a giant like floating head dead. Yeah, sort of like not dead, but just giant floating head. <laughs> Maybe Lord Sutcliffe. I mean, giant floating head. Usually a bad guy. Yeah. He's a power ranger is a notable exception. Um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe Lord Sutcliffe, maybe he'll be a PVE bad guy. I don't know. I could literally talk about this for six hours. So please stop me. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's definitely a good point to move on to the full coverage of fab 2.0. Absolutely. Fab 2.0, the future, the death of first edition. Yeah. Truthfully. And uh, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. I don't like the idea of first edition cards. Hmm. I, uh, I, I do like, I do like the new system, but I, I would be remiss if I didn't say that I kind of miss the idea of having two different kinds of products. You know, it made maybe a little bit more sense, more clear, like what you were getting. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense. But this um, new, the new uh, way that they're doing it makes a lot of sense as well. Yeah. I think... I think the thing for me that I find the most endearing uh, of all of the Fab 2.0 announcements before we get into like the nitty-gritty <laughs> of each one is that... The thing that draws people into flesh and blood is the gameplay is unparalleled amongst trading card games right now. I like, 100% a hard agree. Nobody's out there like I'm a huge Dorinthia fan, so I just collect all the Dorinthia cards like it's just not a thing. Um, and well, I've been known to do that with Planeswalkers and Magic. It's fine. <laughs> um, I'm very but, Liliana heavy. Oh, right on. Still, that makes sense. my first Planeswalker I opened. <laughs> I got to think about mine. Mine might have been Elspeth. The more I think about it, maybe that's where it all comes from. Your Elspeth love. Yeah, right. I just like knights. They're shiny. Um, so what's interesting to me is this is a very, this announcement is like, hey, this is for players. This is like, this announcement is not for anybody that owns a plastic box that can hold a booster box, which like, don't get me wrong. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But this announcement was very much for the people who love to play the game and not necessarily for the people who love to invest in the game. 
Yeah. And I think that we may see some troubled waters over the next few months before this wave of like, okay, I'll try the game out. A lot of people are playing it because I keep seeing more and more people pick it up because the gameplay is amazing. And I feel like that's already begun, you know, the kind of like I wouldn't call it an exodus because to be fair, a lot of collectors and people who are just fans of the game, the art, the style, right? People who kind of just want to hold their money up somewhere. Not a lot of them are leaving, right? I think they have a good understanding of what, you know, their value is, what their investment is in cold foils and from the first era, first edit, first at arc and uh, alpha, right? Yeah. And crucible as well. Because that stuff's not going to go down. Like maybe right now, because of the availability of so much availability of those products, but realistically, like those are collector pieces because yeah. of the rarity, right? And that's not going to go anywhere. That's essentially we've already minted that essentially, sort of as like the I wouldn't not going to use the word reserve list, but like this is like the OG stuff, right? If yeah. you want one of these OG pieces, you're going to shell out the money essentially is what it boils down to and then everything after that um and a little bit of just regular first crew but everything after that essentially is the the middle between the middle child right (laughs) the unfortunate middle child the (laughs) the byproduct of uh you know a great first half and then a re-envisioning of the product afterwards so this monarch aria and everfest area will for a long time, I think be regarded as, uh, you know, not a mis- I'm not going to say the word mistake because the sets are great, but financially like not sound adv- investments because yeah. of the sheer amount of product that is out there. But that won't be the case one day. Yeah. The, I mean, and I think that's the thing, right? Is usually we see trading card games they get released there's the initial hype and wave of popularity and then they slowly die off they might have a little resurgence but they never hit that initial hype level and flesh and blood i've kind of seen the opposite thing happen where they started out small and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger with every set um my every armory i go to gets bigger and bigger and there's like it hasn't reached the critical point where it's a fad yet which is weird where like people are getting into it because it's cool. That hasn't started happening yet. We're still on the nerd frontier um, in this wild west of trading card games. Like, I don't think it's like, and it's at this weird point where if you're an investor, the opportunities are there um, just because you were holding on to a first edition box of Monarch, hoping, hoping to get like $500 for it next year. Like, it doesn't mean that the investment opportunities are gone. Like literally LSS is explaining investment opportunities to people like directly to them with this announcement. And I think that's, what's so weird to me is like, like, Hey, this card's already out. It's in cold foil. We're never making it in cold foil again. Yeah. Now their cold foil reprint policy is essentially their guarantee that this pack cold, this pack pulled cold foil will never be available ever, ever. They reserve the right, of course, to make gold foil treatments, promo treatments, right, for events. But that's only always going to be a gold foil, right? And then yeah. the significance of that is much different than the significance of a pack foil, cold foil, like scab skins, right? Yeah. Um, I, and I think, though, the new announcement is definitely going to uh, shake some people out of the game. And that's evident as... 
somehow by a stroke of like some obscene luck, I don't know how I like just stumbled on it, but I had the tab open for Rudy's Patreon. Just watching a video. And then I came back to my computer the next day or something. And then I was going to close the tab out. And then I saw something, a little orange box there. And I'm like, wait, what's that? And I had X already. So I had to open it back up. I'm like, somebody unsubscribed. So I just went right in. Yeah. Snuck right in. <laughs> so that was pretty sweet. And, yeah. uh, you know, I I just want to be able to access any future fab sales that he has, especially for like uprising or classic battles and stuff like. Oh, definitely absolutely. Looking forward to that. Well, especially like LSS gives him exclusives and I don't know. It's cool. Playmats and so promos. Yeah. Congratulations. So I'm sure somebody like Thank sold you. all their fab stuff and cashed <laughs> out because they didn't realize that the allure of this game is not like that. It's easy money like that's. Like there's a lot of people I know who like bought boxes of Wraith or Arcane Rising with no intention to play just because like somebody told them like, oh, flesh and blood, super expensive. Like, look how much money you can make yeah. on the cards and what they're worth. And yes. like that's one of my friends. I bought his whole collection for 40 bucks. He did that. Like he bought a box of Wraith because it was easy money. And um, it wasn't. Uh, he, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so, clearly. And so I think like I it it just I I think the investment crowd needs to kind of be patient because the only reason magic the gathering still exists is because of the gameplay you know yeah there was no reason to collect those cards um and so like and i think that's where things like like pokemon and digimon and even metazoo like they kind of exist in this area where you can just collect them like sports cards or trading cards and um they don't exist the same way as like a, a a different trading card game. Like nobody's sitting there trying to collect pummels. You know what I mean? Like the just yeah. actions aren't collectible. Nouns are. And there's not a lot of nouns in this game. That's and, true. Very good point. And so I think what we're going to see is like, I mean, there was a point where you could get a force of will for 50 cents. You know, I mean, this is, it was an uncommon <laughs> back in the day. And I think like it's going to take a few years, but the gameplay is so good that the investment crowd, like if you stay in it, like you'll be repaid for it. But there's no reason just to like throw all your box of cards in the in the closet, open them up, play the game. It's the most fun I've had in years. I don't know. I think that's how I feel about a very it's a very collector negative announcement, but I feel like it won't be in the future. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the. Combine, the combina, combining of the two products is a good idea. And I really yeah. like the new model, especially with the adjustment to the pull rates as well. Because they aren't just combining these two products and saying you can get cold foils and rainbow foils in the same box. They are adjusting the pull rates for cold foils and rainbow foils uh, proportionately. So yeah. that the cold foils are still meaningful and then the rainbow foils are more accessible for playability. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really like that because there's so many times where my local LGS, I've just seen like a box of tails of Aria sitting there and be like, well, there's no reason there's no cold foil in there. No reason to crack it. Like maybe I'll win the legendary lottery. Uh, yeah, the unlimited is like worthless. And so now I think they're kind of getting rid of that because in a weird way, like, 
even if like a set, like maybe Upri- I doubt Uprising is going to be just sitting on the shelf. My guess oh, is there's going to sure be a massive not. shortage of it right off the bat. Um, is just like, you know, boxes of Uprising, you'll just be like, oh my God, that could be anything. You know? <laughs> it could even be and the cold foil. And if it's not the cold foil, cold at foil. least I got the rainbow foil. You like know, quick, that kind of... like gram scale. We're going to weigh <laughs> the box. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there's a, a math. Man, that kind of concerns me a little bit too, though. I wonder if there will be a math to that. Well, you know, I already gave people that tip about stacking your deck with three prints of cards, so I don't know how much of the to the demonastery I want to fall here. But did you know if you have an open first edition box, We're you can weigh full. each pack and tell which one has the cold foil in it. Oh, man. Oh, geez. <sighs> Oh, yeah, boy. that's right. Now we're the evil disinformation podcast <laughs> where anarchy rules. <laughs> the demonastery. <laughs> At least you can't map this game. Remember, like up until 2015, you used to be yeah, able to tell where the mythics were? Yeah. Magic boxes. You can't map it yet. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll be the first to let you know only on our Patreon. <laughs> we will crack 2,000 boxes of the set and map it all. PDF version download advanced now. data algorithms <laughs> single-handedly destroying the economy of New Zealand. Oh, um, man. That's a little happen. So yeah, so I don't know. I'm excited for this, but it's interesting though, right? Where you mention you mentioned the new rarity. Oh yeah, yeah. The new rarity is interesting to me because Definitely it indicates rarity. the alternate art. Yes, and immediately sir. when I heard this. I it's semi unrelated, but at the same time, I I think it's worth mentioning. And I would really love to see Flesh and Blood do this. So mm-hmm. I obviously I buy collections from people from time to time. I sort through a lot of bulk. And Magic the Gathering has one thing they do perfectly that I need Fab to do, which is if you have a foil card in Magic, next to the set number, there's a tiny star so that you know it's foil. Fab, I'm sitting there with like a light and being like, is it this card? And it'll be something like Fork Lightning where only like the bolt in the corners foil. And I would really <laughs> love to see them just put like a little mark or a star in the corner to tell me something's foil. And I just, I don't fun. know, sorry, tangent, but the new rarity thing immediately made me think of that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as we dive and talk about the rarities of the, the products moving forward, uh, starting with Uprising, um, I don't know if the majestic pull rate here has changed, but the other rates have changed. Um, majestic seems like they're one for poor every four packs. Is that does that sound different to you? About six majestics a box. Um. Well, let's see. I think you know, in all of the Everfest I opened, um, I felt like I was averaging six to eight per box, so that seems about right. Yeah, maybe Everfest a little more because they had the carnival slot. You could open mm, like correct, potentially yeah. you potentially with the foil included, you could open three majestics in a pack. So I wonder if it's if it's just so the six per box, my guess is that you will still be getting we'll say that on average it'll probably be seven per box, because I'm sure the way the foil majestic slot works. Oh, yeah, that you end up sure. getting a seventh because that's kind of a wild card, you know? You're right. So yeah, that seems true. that seems in line with Everfest, you know? Okay. Uh, the next one is uh, cold foils are about one per box at exactly 20, one per 24 packs. That seems right. I mean, yeah, that's about <laughs> the carnival slot really dicks some of us over, but <laughs> that <Yeah>. seems <laughs> in line with Everfest. Yeah. 
Uh, so <laughs> it is interesting, though. Almost every single box, almost every single box will have one cold foil, at least. Someone yeah. out there will have no cold foils and someone out there will have two. But for the most part, one per box, every 24 packs. Um, I like that. It'll yeah. make cold foil common equipment $15, $20 cards, which is about what they're at for Tales of Aria and Monarch. Yeah, exactly. Equipment might be, the weapons might be more because they're usually more playable than common uh, yeah. ones. And that is, of course, if there are cold foil weapons, which at least up to now have not been packed available in booster packs uh, unless you're we're talking about majestics weapons yeah non-token weapons right yeah. exactly um but there haven't been any non-token common weapons is what i was getting at um hmm. not yet of course that can change yeah uh, that's true and then legendary rainbow foil is one every 80 packs and the, i did the math it, i think it's about one every 3.33 boxes so, if we extrapolate that to the greatest common factor, okay. <laughs> so you get ten every three boxes, or I'm sorry, you get three every ten boxes, and boxes come in four. Whoa, so it's three every ten boxes. No, that can't be right. This is about yeah. So it's it's one oh, yeah for three every, every ten boxes. Three, three boxes. Right. So three for every ten boxes, and then we get to the greatest. So there's six. There's six in every five cases. Well, no, it'd be four every ten boxes. Or four every ten box. That'd be one every two and a half boxes. So okay, no, you're right. Three every ten boxes. That's correct. So three Sorry. every ten boxes. Yeah. So to get to the greatest common factor, we'd have to use twenty. So there's six in every 20 boxes. So there's six in every five cases. So one in five cases has two legendaries now. Ooh, interesting. Which honestly, I've seen some two legendary boxes. My guess is that's pretty similar to what it's at. Do you think that, I mean, did they have a published number before that was different? Uh, I don't think so. As far as my experience has been, that seems about it. Right. One every 80 packs. seems yeah. about right. And legendary cold foil is one every 220 packs ooh one so then, out of every about nine and a half boxes so theoretically <laughs> okay let's go yeah <laughs> so if we're getting six every 20 boxes with two cold foils in those 20 boxes so that's eight so in every Five cases, there are eight. So theoretically, theoretically, if you buy a case, you have a pretty good odds of hitting two legendaries, I guess. Well, I don't know if that legendary cold foil oh, uh, counts as the legendary. As, yeah, it eats up your uh, like, I don't know if like they every every uh, so often the legendary rainbow foil gets skipped and becomes a legendary cold actually you know what no it wouldn't because it appears in the token slot oh you could open up could you imagine opening the god pack one day maybe not an uprising but one of these days someone will open a booster pack and it will have a legendary rainbow foil and a legendary cold foil or yeah. or even better than that rainbow foil fabled cold foil fabled <laughs> 
Yeah, that was one of the first packs I ever opened to Fab was of Monarch. And this was still when I thought boosters were a good idea. Um, <laughs> and it, it had a uh, Phantasmal Footsteps and a Foil Arclight Sentinel. And I felt like I hit the lottery, yeah, uh, which I did at pretty, the time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty awesome, though. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's probably that's what won won me over on the game. So, yeah, that's interesting. So there is the double legendary God pack. Um, and we'll tell you how to map those. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sign up for the Patreon. Yeah, there, there's no way. I, I guarantee you that the unmappable boxes are part of Cardamundi's sales pitch to TCG games since I they're mean, doing the actual printing and packaging. Right, and also uh, the way Fab does distribution for their uh, rarities, it's per pack. It's not per box. Yeah. So I think it's, it is uh, very difficult to figure out the mapping on that. Unless like you have a large enough sample size and you know that everything came from one palette, that might be good enough. If you can get like all the info data from that, you know, like if it yeah. all came from one streamline, like, you know, from the factory belt or whatever, it just continued into these boxes in a row. I feel like you could probably figure out, you know, which of these is going to have two, which of them are going to have one. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it seems difficult, though. Above yeah, paper. yeah, I don't think you could do it. <laughs> I think it's just part of Cardamundi's, like, I don't want to call it a shuffling algorithm, but you know what I mean. That seems like a good thing, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a hundred. I mean, like, there's definitely competitive, or there's like so many competitive card printing manufacturers that you, that's mm -hmm. got to be security has got to be part of your sales pitch. Of course. So, the a few other things that they mentioned in the Fab 2.0 announcement. Like, I guess, like, uh, things that are just touchable on that don't really need to be expanded, I guess, is we're getting more classic battles. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be sick. There's more lore incoming, thank God. Because I can't get enough of it. And um, <laughs> I guess uh, the PVE, we already talked about. Uh, and then now we have UPF and Commoner as officially defined formats. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Now UPF is also blitz sized as well. Yeah, it's just blitz decks with your friends. I still think PVE is going to be the primary mode of play for casual friendly matches. Um, uh, until they start, they got to really juice UPF because UPF kind of sounds like something me and my friends came up with <laughs> over yeah, lunch. You know, know what I mean? It feels like commander players wanted to play fab. And then also still play commander. It's it's yeah. weird. Fab Fab's gameplay. I don't really feel like it. Kind of. I don't know. It, it just. I haven't. You know what? I'll be honest. I haven't played a game of UPF yet. So maybe I'm yeah, speaking too soon. Maybe that's what we should do. Maybe we should play a game of UPF with the guys. I mean, how are we get? I mean, I guess we'll just put money together and pay two other people to play. With us. <laughs> if that's how that's, UPF feels right now, we're gonna have to do it. Our it's local like also, meta doesn't take too kindly to uh, casual <laughs> the UPF. <laughs> so I, I do want to take this moment, though, to get into what I think is the current problem with UPF sure. and why UPF isn't popular and why people aren't having UPF nights and why there's no CUPF. Um, <laughs> cup. <laughs> uh, exactly. There's no cup. Uh, and so I think what it is, is commander in magic. The original reason it was invented, um, or the reason it was popularized, was magic judges loved it because it was complex rules interactions 
in a format that let you play every card ever against three other people with weird interactions that they would have to figure out. And Commander in Magic the Gathering lets you do very broken things that you can't do in normal constructed competitive magic. And there's nothing broken to do in Fab yet. There's nothing weird, over the top, like goofy that exists other than Shiana. <laughs> so, so I want to suggest a topic that maybe we can look into, perhaps, no guarantees, but we'll look at it and consider it for the next podcast. There's a format I have heard of that is not, that is, has a small following. I have to look it up again. I know what it's called. It's called Arena. And what from what I remember? Yeah, it's called Arena. Um, from what I remember, though, from reading, essentially you choose any two heroes and you put them together. Like you play with both of them. Right. And your card pool. Is of both heroes classes, so you could do, oh, you can do okay. Prism Viscerai. And then now we're talking. <laughs> I, so I actually I just found their official like all good rogue formats. <laughs> and if you play magic, and you've heard of some <laughs> rogue formats like you definitely know, like Canadian Gatewatch. Highlander Oathbreaker. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oathbreaker. Yeah. Not Gatewatch Oathbreaker. Yeah. And so, you know, that like all broke all these like weird rogue formats have one thing in common and i don't know how it keeps happening but they all have a real nice website and so does flesh and blood arena.com like it's a real nice website and they do a really good job i can't wait to cover this next yeah, episode that's definitely they do a great job of breaking this down and my favorite thing about this whole thing is um is there a ban list yes duskblade <laughs> Oh, of course. <laughs> what is it? Dustblade? <laughs> Dust that's the whole band list. Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> Dustblade. That's a great meme at this point. It Just was a mistake. <laughs> Let's just all admit that it was a mistake. Oh, yeah, that's perfect, though. 60 cards, singleton, two heroes, just broken. Yeah, this Fine. is great. Yeah, all right. This yeah, is, that's let's great. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh gosh, your intellect's the highest number between the two heroes. Data Suddenly, doll. data dolls are relevant. What? <laughs> That's awesome. All right, let's play this. We probably okay. won't even have to pay both the other guys. <laughs> I, I think I've mentioned it before, but not very briefly. So let's definitely get an episode on this uh, talking Absolutely. about it. Yeah, at some point this week, between an armory or something, we'll have to see if we have time to like actually sit down, get two other people, and just actually play this format because this sounds yeah. awesome. I don't know. Is it multiplayer? Is this what it is? Actually, I haven't oh, read it. Is it I haven't multiplayer? Well, we oh. could just make it multiplayer. Use this UPF yeah. arena. Use UPF rules with Flesh and Blood Arena. That was yeah. They had teams in the in the Roman gladiatorial events. Um, oh, they share a soul. Oh, yeah, it does. They're, they do allow multiplayer for this. Yep. Sweet. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you let's start do at 40 it. life. Only attack your left and right, just like UPF. Um, how does Shiana work? Oh, you can double the effect of your own hero. Okay. All right. So we're going to break this this week. This sounds super fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually, dope. I might actually even message the people who do this because uh, we can talk to them on Twitter. And I'm absolutely Ooh. fascinated with this. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, now they're up to 10 followers. So please follow uh, at fab underscore arena because this is a great idea. It's with a great this, gameplay. With a website like this, how do they only have 10 followers? I, 
people don't use Twitter anymore. I'm like, <laughs> this is, yeah, but still, I've, I don't know. Maybe we'll check their Facebook later. But yeah, absolutely. OK, so Arena, I'm actually the, OK. So Arena just did something and you you nailed it, Matt. It's like EDH lets you do broken things. That's why it's popular magic, because you can just like live out your crazy inner Timmy. And um, in, and with flesh and blood, like UPF is just it's just normal flesh and blood, but it's two more people. So like I, this is this is amazing because this is actually letting you do broken things. Yeah, you know, they have such a little following. Like, you know, maybe let's look into this, right? Let's genuinely look into this and we'll retouch again. And then perhaps in the future, we can talk to the people who made it or the guy who made it, person who made it, you know? We'll see if we'll, we'll see what's up with it and we'll interview them maybe. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, but on the topic of like the formats we were just discussing, Commoner has been adjusted to only include commons in your deck pool. That's right. So didn't commoner technically include rares before? Yeah, that was confusing because I thought it was only commons and someone's like, no, it includes rares. So now it actually is only commons, except your hero could be a rare. Yeah. Any of the uh, CRU rare heroes are allowed in commoner. All right. This is okay. I'm about so I kind of like having just commons. That's a lot clearer because just commons and rares with no like really it was just the no majestic or legendary format, which was weird. And if we get rid of rares, uh, the format becomes very different and it's cool. Yeah. And if I'm being perfectly honest, I built six commoner decks this week. Oh, wow. No, nice. I'm kidding. That's, that's so I'll bring sweet. those to whenever we yeah. do all this stuff so we can test commoner stuff. Yeah, um, let's play it a little bit. I'd be down to try it. As long yeah, as you have I was, this right deck. <laughs> I was clearing out all my bulk and I was just like, oh, I guess I have like two extra cards of each common for this class and I put it together. Uh, so I did that with a whole bunch of decks because um, one of my friends just got into fab and I wanted him to try a bunch of heroes before he committed to a deck. So I was like, yeah, there's a commoner. So sick. Sweet. Yeah, I'm excited about commoner. I'm afraid commoner formats tend to get broken very quickly because they don't have the same power balance as a multi rarity format. But maybe fab won't have that issue. Yeah, I don't think they will. The problem with magic is that the Urza's uh, block exists. That's the only problem. And Mirrodin block. That's the problem. Mirrodin block and Urza's block. If you just take those out, I think magic popper's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Sadly. That how do, how do they just true. let like half of the cards in Urza's block like for, be free? Like, yeah, right. How, how are half of those cards free? Anyways, it's that's just like Urza, untap he all your lands. robots. Yeah. He's real powerful. <laughs> no, he's the bad machinologist. I think that is the problem. Just <laughs> free spells. Mirrodin... Affinity. Yeah. yeah. Swarming Gloomvale. It's uh, three spells. They're the problem. Yeah. Swarming Gloomvale is pretty sweet. <laughs> Blue Auras. <laughs> um, so, I was going to say, speaking of Swarming Gloomvale, I think swarm, somebody got like quadruple Swarming Gloomvale that are, are armory uh, today. I um, I quadruple Arclight Sentinel. <laughs> somebody in armory what? today. I, uh, I got two of them in play. And I forget what happened, but I was I was able to uh, miraging metamorph, and they're oh. in a situation where they had to break it, and I got to make more arc lights. Dude, it so didn't gross. feel like it felt great, but then you realized, like you know, you look at yourself in the mirror, and you're like, "Who am I? <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> That's terrible." I'm the villain now. Um, 
I have 24 resource points worth of <laughs> worth of just frustrating, oh salty God. sadness on the board. It's not great. <laughs> That's uh yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna use the one you killed last turn as the token. Um <laughs> stuff Jeez. like that. The disrespect. Yeah, right. It didn't feel good. Um, so yeah, so commoner commoner sounds awesome. I'm actually this is so interesting. I gosh, this is gonna be so great. And I know I hate to be like next week, next week, you guys are gonna love this. The uh the guy who started uh Flesh and Blood Arena already responded to me. Um, oh, what? That's awesome. He said Chain uh, Chain Levia is their personal favorite. Um, that seems play Levia fun, stuff to rebanish the Chain stuff, replay the Chain stuff, all while ignoring Blood Tet and making a bunch of shackles. So they already broke it, and they already okay. found something cool and broken to do. Um, yeah, and then immediately, just in the sales pitch to me, just immediately, it gives the EDH feel where you get to do stuff you weren't supposed to be able to do. And that's what UPF's missing. And that's what I think Arena has. And wow, uh, yeah. there's currently only 14 people in their official Discord. So you're really getting in on the ground floor of this one. First edition, Alpha, Fab Arena. Then, then uh, Flesh and Back Blood in starts. Back oh, start releasing. Uh, <laughs> then, <laughs> and then they start releasing, uh, uh, what is it? Arena, Fab Arena 2023. And then Fab Arena 2024, pre for Arena. <laughs> oh absolutely that'd be sweet oh i can't wait but uh you know we have a couple things left on the fab 2.0 i know it's probably not too exciting for most people um i'm not saying it's exciting for me but there are some interesting changes i think we should talk about and that's replacing the restricted list with a suspended list so we no longer have a banned and restricted list we now have a banned and suspended list what do you think oh, about yeah. that? One swarming gloom veil. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like the idea of a suspended list, though, um, just like because they they'll be like, well, we already printed these new heroes. They're just on it in like a shipping container and nobody's going to buy them until June. So there's like there's going to we just need this card to chill for a month while we while we print something that just uh, destroys it. So, yeah, I don't, uh, yeah. I think that's nice. I think I, I like a suspended list. Um, it helps like the it helps with that big lull that we have between draftable sets that release. Because right now it's not like magic where like every month we have a new set. Yes. Magic. All your disposable income now has a dump to be thrown All into. All your income are belong to us. We'll drive the waste management truck right up to your front door to dispose of that income with Magic the Gathering. Um, the set anticipation with Fab is amazing. And I do like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Walls and Team with Magic fun. is unreal. I know and off topic, but it just, it always, it always baffles yeah, me. Yeah, it's like we get spoiler season for Kamigawa, sets out for a month. Okay. Uh, spoiler season for New Kapana. Okay. Oh, wait. Leaks for Commander's Baldur's Gate. Let's go. And then now we start getting Commander's Baldur's Gate cards, New Kapana releases. And then now we're getting leaks for whatever Urza set that's coming out or like the Infinity, I think, come be comes before that, you know, and then it's just all downhill. Oh, secret layer alert, secret layer alert, secret layer alert. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Nonstop product flow. Nonstop product flow. I hope. I hope Flesh and Blood gets there. I hope it doesn't get there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, magic 
Like you, it's easy to paint Wizards as like this evil company, but they're only printing things that people want to buy. You know what I mean? They're doing a pretty good job of making cards. Let's yeah, not give buy those things. Let's not give Hasbro that credit, though. Let's give R and D that credit. You mean um, Transformers, Hasbro? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else the all Hasbro. But yeah, I'm excited for that. So wait, did we miss anything with the Fab 2.0? I got, got completely derailed, so please no. help me. Yeah, of course. We have one more thing, and that is the living legend rule. Now, it's about the same. Nothing's changed, except that they are adding something called a signature weapon. So each hero's signature weapon will go along with them into living legend status. So say uh, that Bravo Showstopper becomes Living Legend, Anothos will become not playable as well. Yeah, so I think that makes sense. There were definitely some heroes that I thought it was kind of weird, though. Um, the choice for the weapon? Yeah, where they didn't choose the token. I thought that yeah. was interesting, like with Bolton and Prism. Mm-hmm. Uh, or uh, I actually, isn't it all four of the... Uh, of the heroes from Monarch, or did they attach Galaxy Black to Chain? I think what they did, <clears throat> with the exception of uh, Rune Blades, uh, I think what they did was they they just from Monarch forward, it was the majestic weapons. That makes sense. So okay. from the first two sets, it's all the token weapons, right? Uh, and up and all the way to um crew uh some of the young heroes don't even have a uh weapon designated to them like shiana data doll some reason data doll doesn't get the plasma like a uh, rifle or whatever it's called um and uh Cavdane, since he's a merchant but uh benji's got zephyr needle and iris got edge of autumn because kasai is a centauri saber so if kasai ever hits living legend in uh in blitz then she'll you'll no longer be able to use centauri saber in blitz at all mm. yeah dude. big sad big <laughs> sad from the kasai player but uh, uh for monarch heroes it's all the majestic weapons except for shane who's his galaxy black and then for uh for the aria heroes it's all the majestic it's winner's whale voltaire and rosetta thorn not dust blade of course because dust blade is already banned uh, oh, and then for Icelander, it's Kraken's Aetherfane. Hmm. And it is Iceland- Icelander is the only one with their own weapon from uh, it from Everfest, from Everfest yes. right? There's no and Guardian. Shyan is obviously uh, Talishar. Yeah, no. <laughs> <I> know, yeah, <laughs> Talishar's not even on the list, actually. Yeah. Interestingly <laughs> enough. That's but yeah, Talishar you know, this is, is um, this is interesting. But one thing they also did add um, was that in the future when enough heroes have reached living le- le- legend that they will be introducing an official format or yeah. it's, it's their vision that it will become a format right then there's no official like announcement or anything like that because there's not enough heroes there but i think That's that they'll come to that decision yeah i will they'll definitely come to that decision uh so sometime probably by the end of next year i feel like i feel like we'll have enough of a time to put some heroes there Unless they, I don't know, unless they just like obsolete a lot of these heroes that are pulling their weight right now. I don't know. I guess like the way I look at it, a healthy living legend format, unless they allow like current heroes to like partake. Oh, yeah, um, they would. Yeah, for sure. 
Because I, I, I feel like you would need a bare minimum of four. I would probably prefer eight. And so that that it's definitely such a long way off. Because if you think about it, like Starvo did the three month speed run. And if they were to print four broken heroes a year, that speed run, you know, it would take a whole year for them to have enough living legends. And then the competitive scene would die out just because it wouldn't be fun anymore. So I'm thinking at least three years before we see a true living legend format. Yeah, I think it'd be a while. Absolutely. And I think that's about all for Fab 2.0. Yeah, I think we nailed it all. We've uh, hit all the big points, I think. Excellent. Well, with all that said, man, we covered a lot today. I lost focus. That's rare for me. I'm wearing my glasses. I know you can't hear my glasses, but I'm wearing them. And um, I don't know. Matt, do you have anything else you'd like to add? You know, I, I just uh, just to top off the conversation, essentially, on the same you know subject of Fab 2.0. But uh, I think that the game's heading in a good direction. Uh, I think oh, right yeah. now there is a lot of uh, turbulence in like uh, there's another word I'm looking for, but um, tenuous you know, relationship right now with a lot of the players because of the announcement, the Monarch numbers, you know, uh, a lot of the issues with uh, the CFB supply of product, Cartshop Live, um, you know, what they've done to that, the second uh, age of the game, you know, the Monarch uh, Everfest era. Um, But I think that'll recover in time. You know, um, my opinion is that the game is only going up from here. You know, if this is the lowest the game's ever gotten, then we're really in for a great time moving forward, you know? Um, Yeah. Because I feel like the game's been on an uptick ever since it started, you know? And if what we're experiencing right now is a low point, then, you know, I feel like the future's got a lot for us, the game in general, that the game will be very successful. And, you know, it's one of those things where Mm -hmm. for a game to be successful you kind of have to separate it from the collectors. Uh, You need to purely let it be something that people attach fun memories to and not necessarily a cash value. And I know that this comparison is all sorts of flawed and messed up and could be definitely poked apart by anybody. But if you take the greatest tabletop game of all time, There's nobody sitting there with a first edition queen behind a glass case for their chess set. Everybody has every piece for the most competitive game state in their house. Almost everybody in America has a chess set or, you know, or their parents do. And it's weird to compare it to that, but the longevity of a game is putting the best game pieces in the hands of the players and not in the hands of the collectors because it's a game, you know, it's not, it's not a battle of finance. Um, I mean, although trading card games are inherently composed of things that are basically financial instruments in all, but the strictest like academic definition of them. I'm pretty excited about fab 2.0 because it's putting more cards in the hands of the players. Of course you wouldn't have a cold foil chess set. Jeez. What a peasant. Imagine. Un- cold un- foil chess. Pe- you just sleeve your pieces? <laughs> I, 
I fucking I need to stop. Oh my gosh. String draft cold foil night vision. (laughs) (laughs) Sleeping in chess pieces. I think that does it for today. I need I need to take a time out for it. Weird. Um all right. Well, that concludes the pitch stack episode five. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Uh later. Farewell. Oh, real quick, just something to think about if you're listening before we start next week. Uh, <laughs> somebody on the Discord, because if you're looking forward to our breakdown of Fabarina, which seems to be amazing, somebody just messaged me, or like on the Discord, somebody just put in that their favorite deck is Viscerai Shyana. <laughs> That's like, fucking awesome. Double the rune chance. <laughs> oh my god, no way. <laughs> <laughs> all right okay, okay. we'll see you all next week good night see ya